0: Welcome to Seven Mile Ministry. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, let's get into the word, and I don't want to tell you I don't say this often, but last week, if you didn't hear it, you need to go hear it. You need to go listen to it. And some people think it didn't record because it didn't have a volume, but it did have a volume after about six minutes. But um, Mark opened us up, and Kyle talked for a minute. And by the time I got up here, they figured it out, and the volume came up. But. Um, I can, I, can, I, can, I can tell when people are receiving, and I can tell when it's bouncing off the brick wall. And last week, people were, were receiving. I was receiving. It helped me. It was good for me. I was preaching to myself, not just you guys. And if you missed it, you need to, get a, you need to listen to it. The title of it was B.S. And it's not the B.S. you think, but that's the title, B.S. And it's, it means a broken system. And Jesus came, and he fixed the system. It's a new system. Grace came. Amen? We're talking about a man laying by the pool of Bethesda, and he was hopeless. And people say, well, God helps those that help themselves. If you'll help yourself, God will help you. You know what? Jesus came to help those that were helpless. He came to help you and me. He came to help the helpless, the hopeless, to restore hope in our lives. Amen? Amen? And the guy was trying. He was trying. He was trying. That's why I think too many people will receive this because right now people are trying. You're trying. You've been trying your whole life, or you've been trying for years, or you're in a situation. You're just trying. I'm trying. Well, Jesus knows you're trying. He knows you're trying. But it's not about trying, it's about trust. He wants you to trust. Trust in Him. Put all your trust in Him. Amen. Praise the Lord. Go listen to it, go check it out. And uh, I believe it'll help you. I left here, I always say we're going to leave better than we came in, because that's the plan. If we come in here, and listen to a sermon, and we don't leave out any better than we came in, I say, well, you just wasted your time. And it's not necessarily a waste of time, but the idea is to leave better than you came. To learn, to grow, to receive. And I, I'm telling you, I left Sunday feeling good. I I left feeling I felt so good when I left I almost went home and pulled some weeds, <laughs> but but then it it wore, it wore off and I just said forget that. But I did. I, I left energized. I mean, really, just energized. It'll energize you. Just like Jesus at the well, when He says you know, that, that He was weary, He was tired from this trip, there they were walking, but then He ministered to the woman, and then He said, I don't even need food. Now I've got feed, food that y'all don't even know anything about. In other words, it restored Him. It energized Him. It strengthened Him. And when you do share the Word of God or receive the Word from the God or just sit down and talk about the Word of God, I mean, it should energize you. And I me and my friends, if we ever start talking about the Word, whether we're at work or out playing or doing whatever, the atmosphere does change. It's something about sharing the Word and receiving the Word and talking about the Word, man. It, it, that's where your strength comes from. Amen. So we're going to leave out strength today. We're going to leave out better than we came in today. Amen. So I'm going to read through this real quick. Second Kings, the fifth chapter. And I'm going to read several verses, 2 Kings the 5th chapter, and you can be turning to there if you have your Bible or tablet or whatever it is that you use. But to, I was struggling with the title of today's sermon. But the title of today's sermon is Expose Your Butt. <laughs> Expose Your Butt. You can turn to your neighbor and say, We're gonna say that butt today. <laughs> Don't hide it. Expose it. And that's not what you think it is, of course not. But um let's get going. First verse, Second Kings chapter 5, starting in the first verse. Now Naaman was commander of the army of the king of Aram, and he was a great man in the sight of his master and highly regarded. And these things are important right here if you're a note taker that he was a great man in the sight of his master and highly regarded because through him the Lord had given victory. So through him the Lord had given victory. Not it wasn't, it wasn't his own might, his own power but through him the Lord had given victory. Through him. Amen. Sometimes we get so busy trying to do it for him that he can't do it through us. In other words... Through him. The Lord did it through him. He was a valiant soldier, but he had leprosy. Now bands of raiders from Aram had gone out and taken captive a a young girl from Israel. And she served Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, If only my master would see the prophet who is in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. And Naaman went to his master and told him what the girl from Israel had said. And the king there, he said, by all means, the king of Aram replied, I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So Naaman left, taking with him ten talents of silver, six thousand shekels of gold, and ten sets of clothing. So in other words, we wouldn't take clothes today to try to pay somebody. That would be like I took ten gift cards to the shopping, to the mall. Then the letter that he took to the king of Israel read, With this letter I am sending my servant Naaman to you so that you may cure him of his leprosy. As soon as the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his robes and said, Am I God? Can I kill and bring him back to life? Why does this fellow send someone to me to be cured of leprosy? See, he's just trying to pick a coral with me. when Elisha... The man of God heard that the king of Israel had torn his robes. He sent this message. Why have you torn your robes? Have the man come to me, and he will know that there is a prophet in Israel. And Naaman went to his horses and chariots and stopped at the door of Elisha's house. Elisha sent a messenger to say to him, Go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan, and your flesh will be restored, and you will be cleansed. But Naaman went away angry and said, I thought that he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God, wave his hand over the spot, and cure me of my leprosy. And are not Abana and uh, Farpar the rivers of Damascus better than the waters of Israel? Couldn't I wash in them and be cleansed? So he turned and went off in a rage." And Naaman's servants went to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do some great thing, wouldn't you have done that? How much more then when he tells you, wash and be cleansed? So he went down and dipped himself in the Jordan seven times, as the man of God had told him, and the flesh was restored, and he became clean like that of a young boy." So Naaman here is a great man, but he, now he's got leprosy. And this little girl who they had taken a captive, now she's uh, a servant to his wife, and she knows about Elisha, who is back in Israel, the country that she has been taken captive from. And she says, If we can just get Naaman over there to Elisha, uh, the prophet, he can be healed. So Naaman says, Okay, sounds like a good idea. Tells the king, gets the letter, goes over, gives the letter to the king, and then um, the king's all upset because he's like, Who do you think I am? Then Elisha here about it and he's like don't be upset don't tear your robes uh I, I heal people of leprosy for breakfast no big deal sending to me so then Naaman and his servants and they go uh, to Elisha Elisha sends out a servant and says go dip yourself in the river seven times and uh and Naaman's mad and he leaves and then the little girl talks him into stay and they dip in the river and then he's cleansed so we're all caught up on the story we know how it goes and um Here we go. So, the man last week we were talking about laying by the pool of Bethesda, and one reason I think it it impacted people or ministered to you or you received from it is because you can look in the mirror and see yourself in this man because he's trying and you're trying. And we just need to trust. We can see yourself in the mirror. In other words, I, I see myself in Naaman as well. In this whole story, I can see myself, and that's why we have characters in the Bible, and that's why we have stories in the Bible, so that you can see yourself, and so you can learn from their experiences and their mistakes, and, and see how God worked it out. These stories are for us. Amen? So I, I can see myself in Naaman, but... It says Naaman was given, or, or the king of, of Ram was given the victories because of Naaman. Because of Naaman, he was a, a, a great man. A great man, honorable, highly regarded. He was mighty. And I'm going to pull back up verse 1. Look there at the last sentence. He was a valiant soldier, but... But... He was a great man, but... She was a great woman, but. Everybody's got a but. You know, you ask about somebody, yeah, he's a good dude, but. Well, this man's a great man. He's regarded. I mean, they think a lot about him. And he's bringing victory to the nation. He is a valiant soldier, but he had this spot. He had this spot in his life. He had this thing going on. He had this leprosy right here. You see, sometimes we get more acquainted with people's victories uh, than we do with their uh, vulnerabilities. And there's a big difference. See, like you're you're planning on getting married or you're thinking about getting married, and this dude, he may act one way at the candlelight dinner. But he may act, there may be another different man over here when, when life gets real. You see what I'm saying? Naaman is looked at as this valiant war hero soldier. He's thought of a lot, but he's got this one spot. He's a great man, but. She's a great woman, but. It's like meeting people. You know, and you ask people about people. You you say, well, do you know so-and-so? Because you think about hiring them or maybe... Just asking questions in general, and the way they can, the way they say, yeah, they know him, or the way they just, you, you can learn a lot. Like, oh yeah, yeah, he does, he does a good job. Yeah, yeah, you know, pretty good. But, but what? Well, but he he doesn't always show up when he's supposed to, or, or yeah, he's a pretty good guy, or she's a pretty good, but. Everybody's got a butt. Everybody's got a butt. They're great, but... So I'm sitting here preaching to you on Sundays, and I see your face. I see everybody's face every Sunday. Some people, some people's faces are smiling, and some people's faces, you look like you're happy, or you're enjoying it. Some people's faces look like you want to hurt me. <laughs> yeah, or you're just... You're just ready for it to be over but all i can see is your face i can't see your butt (laughs) and that's good that's a good thing but see i do get to know people sometimes and when i get to know people guess what i get to know i get to know their butt i get to see their butt I get to know them, and I get to—I get to see their butts, because everybody's got a butt. You see a weakness, you see an area that they're vulnerable. You see a past mistake or failure. You see a spot in their life, and a lot of people cover those spots up with their charm or their charisma. But there's a spot there. He was a great man, but everybody's got a butt. I've seen a few butts. I've seen a few butts. We try to cover up our butts with a a smile. We come in and smile. Hey, praise the Lord. Bless, highly favored, and sing the songs in Sunday school. Read the scriptures. But we hide our butts. And try to cover up our butts. And you think about Naaman here. He's on the battlefield. He's successful. He goes and raids and takes things. And he's successful. He wins. And he's on the battlefield. And he has on this armor. And when he's got the armor on, you can't see the spots. Because the armor's covering up the spots. And I see ourselves as being no different than him. That we wear an armor in our lives to cover up the spots. To cover up our butts. You know, like, he's great at work. He's very successful. His business is booming and he's really getting a lot of things done, but his 16-year-old son, because he's not really there and they don't really have a really great relationship, He's really good at work and he does a good job and he comes home, but he's really not there for me emotionally. He does a great job at work, but. But. He's great with people, but. In the fourth verse it says. Well, the third verse, the little girl said to the mistress, and the mistress is a woman with authority. The mistress actually has two meanings. One is, well, we know what a mistress is. He's, he's got a mistress because he's cheating on his wife. But the other definition of mistress is a woman with authority. So she said to her mistress... If only my master would see the prophet who's in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. So Naaman took the word from this little girl, and Naaman went to his master and told him what the girl had said. And I I see that thinking about he took it and he applied it. He took it and he acted on it. He did something with it. The little girl said, this is what needs to happen. This is the word right here. The prophet can heal you. And Naaman said, okay. And he went and talked to his king about it. Well, so many times you come in here, you may read the Word, you hear the Word, you write the Word down. You may be in church for 10, 15, 20 years sitting there, hearing the Word, writing the Word down, reading the Word, sitting in Sunday school class, participating. But unless you obey the Word, apply the Word, and act on the Word, nothing's going to change in your life. I know. I've known Christians who were mean and they were hateful and they wouldn't forgive people because they never applied the verse that says about forgiving others so that you can be forgiven. So you have to apply the word. It's like the house being built on the sand. If you hear the word, you don't apply the word, you don't do the word. You've got to be a hearer and a doer and see what those birds, they want to come and they want to get those seeds. The little birds, they want to come get the seeds. When the farmer's sowing the seeds, you've got to apply the Word. You've got to act on the Word. Amen. And so many times we fake it. Fake it till you make it. Fake it till you make it. Have you ever heard that expression? Fake it till you make it. Because they're a great man, but, but they've got this spot and they're just going to fake it till they make it. I think it's awesome that God uses this little girl. First of all, if this little girl hadn't been taken captive, she wouldn't have been there in the home of Naaman and his wife, and she wouldn't have been able to tell Naaman about the prophet in Israel who could help him out. And I think about Joseph, who was taken away from his family. First he was thrown in a well, and then he sold off uh, and then he's sold again because he was, went to the highest bidder. Now he's in Potiphar's house. Long story short, now he ends up at the right hand of Pharaoh. He's in charge of the whole land. Nobody does one single thing unless they go through him. And I, I was thinking about the same thing about the little girl. Last person you'd expect. And she's taken, out of, uh, she's taken from her land to a foreign land. And evidently they were pretty good to her she wouldn't have wanted to help them. I think about me and you and all of us, how sometimes things don't go in life like we think they should go in life. Like I should really be over there, but circumstances has has taken me over here and just keep looking back over there and that's where I should have been. That's where I came from and they took me here and took me there. God takes this little girl. It looks like a bad situation because she's been taken captive, but He uses her. He uses her. Praise the Lord. He can use you anywhere you're at. Just like He used Joseph, who's a prisoner, who's in prison, and He uses Joseph. He can use you. No different. And This man's a great man. He's a great man. Mighty man. But he takes advice from a little girl. And when you're a great man or a great woman, when you're a great person, it's hard to take advice from something that's smaller than you. But God will use something smaller than you, what seems to be smaller than you or less than you, to speak to you. Takes advice from something like that, kind of like teenagers. See, a lot of times, most of the time, teenagers, don't listen to me. They'll listen to me. But they just won't listen to their parents. Their parents can tell them the exact same thing. But they won't listen to them. They'll listen to the coach, but they won't listen to the parents. you got husbands that come in here, and they'll listen to me, but you won't listen to your wife. But you need to think about the fact that your wife knows you a whole lot better than I do, and she knows about all those spots that you're covering up that I don't see. She's seen your butt. They take this letter to the king, and the king, the letter they took to the king said, With this letter, I'm sending my servant Naaman to you so that you may cure him of his leprosy. The little girl never said that the king could heal him. She said that the prophet could heal him. We've got to get into the prophet. And it's funny. No, that's the same thing that happens today. How somebody says one thing and how it gets totally switched around. By the time it makes it full somebody's got a hangnail, but by the time it gets on Facebook, makes it full circle, they're down there on a ventilator. <laughs> or the same thing happens in marriage you know, things things get changed. Things get polluted. Things get uh, distorted. And next thing you know, the perspective is totally off. But why in the world were they taking a letter to the king? Because the king doesn't have faith for healing whatsoever at all. The prophet does. And Naaman goes ready though. He's ready. He takes all this money. He takes all this clothing. And he has this idea in his mind of what it's going to take. He takes what he has. He has gold and he has silver and he has all this clothing which is worth a great deal of money. You didn't just run out to the mall and grab you a pair of jeans. You know what I'm saying? So clothes, that was a very valuable thing. He takes gold, he takes silver, he takes things that he has and he's got it in his mind uh, the way things are going to go. And you see here, it says, as soon as the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his robes and said, Am I God? Who am I? I'm not God. I'm not God. Why are you bringing this to me for me to heal? I'm not God. I'm not a doctor. I don't have the ability to to do this. Life sometimes brings things that are above your ability. Life sometimes sends things your way and things that are above what you're equipped to do. In other words. I'm not really equipped to be a dad. You know, a young man perhaps, and he's dating and maybe gets married, and maybe they got a baby on the way. And he says, I'm not really equipped to, to be a dad here because I didn't have a dad. I don't even know how to be a dad because I never had a dad in my life. And I'm married and I'm trying. I'm trying to be a good husband or I'm trying to be a good wife, but I come from a broken home and I didn't get to see how a husband's supposed to treat a wife or how a wife's supposed to treat a husband. I didn't get to see that. So, therefore, I'm not really equipped. And life has brought this situation to me. And it's above my ability, it's above my pay grade. I'm trying to be a mom, but I didn't have a mom. And this man, he says, who who am I? And he says... He's just trying to pick a quarrel with me. He's just trying to pick a fight. The reason he's trying, he thinks he's trying to pick a fight is because they had fought in the past. In the past, Naaman had come over there and raided and took, uh, some of their, uh, produce and different things. And he took this little girl with him. So in his mind, he's looking at the past. He's thinking about the past and the past experiences has now contaminated his perspective on, uh, the current situation. So we read the story of Naaman, and we just read Naaman, yeah, he went and got healed. Of he dipped seven times. Seven times the number of completion. He was faithful. Dipped all seven times. The end. Well, there's so much we can learn from it. Don't just skim through it. You can learn so much from the king, from both kings, from the little girl, from the whole story, from the servant, every bit of it. And this king here reads this letter, and he says, he's just trying to start a fight with me. and And he's basing that off past experiences. Past experiences. So a past experience, something that happened a while back, has now got him upset right now. And right now has nothing to do with a while back. Kind of like you have a bad day at work, and you're driving down the road, and maybe somebody kind of pulls out in front of you a little bit. It's not that big a deal. But since you've had a bad day at work, and old Bobby has made you mad, now the guy that pulls out in front of you, he's fixing to get cussed out and you're going to flip him off and all this other stuff. A little road rage goes by and as you pass him, he re- he sees the seven mile bumper sticker. <laughs> I got cussed out one time. She cussed out everybody, cussed out anybody that wanted to listen, cussed just losing her absolute mind at a race and I'm just straight face. I never even changed my composure. I'm just like... Whatever you know, I mean, whoop-de-do. I don't get all, you know, all that drama. And uh, she lost her keys, and we found her keys. And uh, and and the name of the church is is has nothing to do. It's not the church's fault that this woman cussed us out. But anyway, I found her keys, so she had to come back and get her keys. And on her key ring said Church of the Highlands. So I'm like. Uh, well, you representing them well today. <laughs> Just cussed us all out. Hey, you want to come to church with me tomorrow? <laughs> but see, I don't think she cussed everybody out because of that situation. I think other things had built up to this point right here. Something in the past, perhaps. It's kind of trendy to be mad, really. It's not the style. Just to be mad about everything. It's the new trend. Be mad. I'm mad. I'm mad about everything. And I want to get on Facebook and make sure everybody knows I'm mad. (laughs) I want them to know I'm mad. I'm mad and I want you to know it. It's expectations, is what it is. See, we have these expectations. You have these expectations. One time, we bought a car for somebody. There was walking, no car, couldn't drive, had to hitch a ride, had no way to get to work, had no way to get to church, had no way to get to Walmart, had no way to get anywhere. Surprise! Here's the keys of the car. And I had this expectation that they were going to be like, yay! And we gave them the key of the car, and the lady just looked at the car, and she said, well, I was really wanting a truck. But I guess I could make do with that. Well, I went ahead and gave it to her, but I didn't want to. (laughs) I wanted to say, you know what? You can forget it. Because I have these expectations, these expectations, kind of like when you send men that are on your payroll over to somebody's house with this paint that you bought at Sherwin-Williams, they don't give it away and they paint everything and everything looks really good, the whole room looks good, except there is just this one spot that needs to be touched up and then the the woman says, instead of saying, thank you so much for spending like a thousand dollars or more to paint this, it looks so pretty, all they say is, they missed that spot. <laughs> we have these expectations, and I won't. I won't tell y'all which woman that was, but uh, but my mom, she got a new paint job. So, <laughs> Amen. So. This king here, don't you see the difference in Elisha and the king. The king sees uh, opposition. They're trying to start a fight with me. But Elisha sees opportunity. And the king rips his clothes and falls down in fear. And Elisha rises up in faith and says, I heal people with leprosy for breakfast. Just bring him to me. There's a difference there. Amen. So Naaman... Um the king, you know, says, what's going on here? And he says, you, you, you've got to go to Elisha. And uh, Elisha says, why don't you tell your clothes? Have not come to me. He'll know there's a prophet in Israel. Here it is. So Naaman went with his horses and chariots and stopped at the door of Elisha's house. And Elisha sent a messenger to him saying, go wash yourself seven times in Jordan, and you'll be restored and all that. But it says, Naaman went away angry. And he says, I thought... I thought. Well, that's something to write down right there. I thought, because just like I said about expectations, you know Naaman in his mind has got some expectations. He's got a picture of what he thinks is going to happen. I'm going to show up with my gold, my silver, my clothes, and he's just going to wave his hand over the spot, and I'm just going to be healed, and that's just the way it's going to go down. And he gets there. And that's not the way it goes down. The king's upset, tears his clothes, sends him to Elisha's house, and he gets to Elisha's house. And he's got some expectations, and Elisha don't even come out to meet this great, mighty man. He sends a messenger out to meet him. Doesn't he know who he is? Don't you know who I am? My name's Naaman. And don't you know Naaman had something else pictured in his mind of what would happen? So Naaman goes off. He goes off. He gets mad, And right here he says, I thought that he would surely come out. I thought. I thought things would be different. I thought he would do this. I thought she would do that. I thought she would be appreciative of that car. I thought if I loved them, they'd love me back. I thought if I forgave them, they'd forgive me back. I thought. I thought it would go this way. I thought I'd be so much further along in life. I thought they would be faithful. I've been good to them. I've treated them right. I've been faithful to them. I thought, sure, they'd be faithful back. We could go on a list a mile long. I thought. See, he said, I thought. I thought it would be this way. I thought things would be on my terms. That's why we always need to stop and seek the Lord and pray and put Him first no matter what the situation is. Things aren't always on your terms. What you want is things to be on your terms because His ways are not our ways. His His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are not always like our thoughts. They are higher than our thoughts. We need our ways and our thoughts to line up with His ways and His thoughts and they never will unless you seek Him with your whole heart. Just like I was telling Hunter, it's not your terms it's not your way it's his way praise the Lord we should want it to be his way and things weren't on Naaman's terms and here's Naaman he's come 90 miles 90 miles and he wasn't in the Cadillac with the AC on 90 miles with horses donkeys 90 miles rough terrain 90 miles it's hot 90 miles. He's come all the way. That's a long way. 90 miles. He's a great man. And it's such a small thing. I think we always want it to be a big thing. We always want to work for it. We always want to earn it. We always want to show God what we can do. But it's a small thing. It seems small to us. It's a small thing. And God does use the small things. As you see a picture of grace here, it's not about us doing, it's about us receiving. Amen? That's why it's so hard for us to receive it, because we haven't done anything. We think we need to do something. I've got to do something. I've got to pay. I've got to work. I've got to do something. And we've got this picture in our minds of what we've got to do to receive this healing. And you know, Naaman's got a picture in his mind what he's got to do to receive healing from this prophet from Elisha. And it's just a small thing. It's just, trust me. It's just be obedient. It's just do what I say. And he says, go get into the Jordan River and dip yourself seven times. I've come this far, and you don't even come out and meet me. The the Elisha doesn't even come out and meet me. You send this little messenger out here to meet me after I've come 90 miles and I brought all this stuff and I have all these expectations and you bring it and I'm just supposed to go dip in this old dirty Jordan River and we have cleaner rivers back where we came from and this Jordan River that y'all make such a big deal about, it's really not that big of a deal. It's really kind of dirty compared to what we have. And this is what you want me to do. And it says. He went away angry. He went off. He got mad. There's a lot of people going off here, aren't they? The king goes off, tears his clothes. Who do you think I am? I'm not a doctor. I'm not God. You're trying to pick a fight with me. Now he goes here. Now Naaman's mad. I've come this far. You don't even come out to meet me. I'm not going to go dip myself in no Jordan River. Don't you know who I am? I'd rather just go back 90 miles where I came from and just die. I'd rather just live with it. I've said that before. I've said, I'd rather go hungry than take one penny from you. Somebody I didn't like. Or somebody I was having a quarrel with. And I said, I would literally starve to death and die before I let you help me. (laughs) Y'all have said things like that. He says, I'm just going to go back. I've come a long way. But now I'm fixing to go a long way back. Things didn't go like he had planned. He's ticked off. And he says, go dip in the river seven times. He's leaving. His little servant girl goes and says, Naaman, come on now. We've come 90 miles. You're a great man. What if he had asked you to do this great big old thing? You'd have done it. You'd have done it. You're prepared to do a great thing. You're prepared to pay all this money, all this wealth that you'd accumulated. You're prepared to do all that. But all he's requiring you is just to do this little thing, just to dip in this river seven times. That's it. So Naaman goes off, but he turns around and he goes back. And some of you here this morning have gone off. And you go off all the time. You're mad, and you're going off. You've gone off. Maybe you're going off right now. Maybe you're in a situation in life where you've gone off. But Naaman, he went off. But then he, he goes back. He goes back. He went down and dipped himself into the Jordan seven times, and the man of God told him, as the man of God told him, and his flesh was restored and became clean like that of a young boy. His skin was as smooth as a baby's butt. You ever heard that? Skin's as smooth as a baby's butt. You know, I've had babies and all their butts wasn't that smooth. They were kind of fat and dimpled up wrinkled up and all that. (laughs) But Anyway, he goes and dips in this river seven times. Now, I want you to get a hold of this. Seven times. It wasn't like this. It wasn't like, okay, we're going to dip in here Woo, one time, and the river and come up. Oh, yeah, I can see it. It's getting a little better. Let's dip again. Oh, I see some improvements. It's getting a little better. Let's dip again. We're dipping. This water is kind of deep. Can somebody throw me some floaties? So he's dipping. He's dipping. But there's no evidence. There's no evidence. It's not getting any better. He doesn't see immediate. The same thing with God, same thing happens when you pray, same things happen when you go through life and you're trusting, you're putting your trust and faith in God. You don't always see immediate change and you don't always see the evidence that it's working. You don't always see it. He didn't see it. But he just kept dipping. See he went off, but then he came back and he went in. And he went in. And he just kept praying. And he just kept reading the Word. And he just kept staying. And he just kept dipping, And he just kept forgiving. And he just kept loving. And he just kept staying in the marriage. And he just kept going to work. He just kept being a provider. He just kept loving and teaching his kids. Amen. He just kept on dipping. He just kept on praying. But he went off. But then he went in. And some people here this morning have went off. But what I'm telling you is, you know what? It's time to go in. And just to keep going in. And just keep dipping. And even when you don't see anything, you just keep dipping. It's a thing called faith. It's a thing called trust. I'm trusting. I'm not trying. I'm trusting. And he just keeps going in. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. He went off, but he went in. Have you gone off? Are you going off? Will you go in? So you can stay in control of the situation, but ultimately, the situation controls you. You can stay in control of the situation. At the end of the day, that situation controls you. And we've been talking a lot about water here lately. The woman at the well. The man at the pool of Bethesda last week. And today about Naaman going in, trusting the Lord. And going in. And I think we can all relate to Naaman. I know I can. Because I've had spots that I've tried to cover and people couldn't see my spots. I cover them up with my armor. You cover them up with your charisma. You cover them up with your personality, your your charm. You you'd cover them up with different things, and people can't see the butt in your life. He's a great man, butt. She's a good woman, butt. And we hide them and cover them up. But see, it wasn't until Naaman exposed the spots. He exposed the butt in his life. And many people have, I mean, people, people have lots of butts in life. Lots of different great man but this, 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 and this. But see, if you expose them, and you dip them, you, maybe you went off, but it's this morning it's time to go in. It's time to go in. Amen. Praise the Lord. Is it hot in here? It is. It's not. It is. It's not. Half and half. Well, I'm hot. If I had a River Jordan to dip in, I'd get in it right now. I'd go in butt first. <laughs> Hey, you can have fun at church. You should have fun here. Praise the Lord.